0: Hey there, Knicks fans! How are you? It has been a roller coaster of um, well, a start of trade week, and uh, we, of course, here at the Knicks Film School podcast, are not going to leave you hanging. So we are engaging in uh, what can only be referred to as uh, one of my co-hosts just did a few minutes ago. Um, the what'd you call it, Jeremy? The craziest threesome you ever be a part of? The oddest threesome? The sexiest threesome? I, I might have said only <laughs> that. Well, we know that's not true. Um, I would hope to
1: lean toward best, Jeremy. Best, yes. yes. Let's
0: I, go. I would say best, best Thursday. So I'm honored actually because tonight, um, as we're recording this on a Monday evening, it is uh, after the Knicks beat uh, Cleveland. We should say. Um, I am. Uh, I I guess we're reuniting. Um, what I consider to be uh, a legendary podcast duo they used to record together at the gotham sports network so jeremy cohen who you are used to hearing on this uh podcast and andrew claudio who came on uh what was it a week or two ago and now the three of us are going to talk trades um how how are you guys
1: jeremy you go first
2: uh i mean generally speaking life's great i'm happy to be with back and reunited with andrew and work with you at the same time john um in terms of the Knicks, I just want to throw up, and it's not like repulsive throwing up. It's just like, like my stomach can't take it. It's just it's 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 getting to the point where everything is so out of control, and like even sitting at my desk, when I did no work today, by the way, absolutely none. Like,
0: nobody did, nothing's gonna blame. get done this
2: week. No, but it's this sort of thing where it's like you're you're trying to stay calm, and the entire world around you is just burning. It's, it's, I mean, you could compare it to the, this is fine dog, but the truth is because nothing's really happened yet. It's all just speculation that people are going nuts and it's been very challenging for me to kind of just, Oh, you know, like nothing's happened yet. So let's be cool with it. But can I, uh, can I
0: chime in really quickly on that? I find it interesting. I was thinking about this today, how in years past, I know personally I would have, and maybe you guys would join me in this been like oh we shouldn't be paying attention to this this is the typical media bullshit trying to corner new york into thinking that they're going to do this trade and that stupid trade and this stupid trade and something has changed over the last i don't know x number of days weeks months we're all we're we i think we're many of us i'm not going to say all of us but many of us are kind of united in this like man we really don't trust the operators here uh um, yeah andrew where where are you at right now
1: well, first and foremost, Jeremy, my long-lost co-host, how I missed you, my son. I'm so glad very you sweet. were allowed to. I'm so glad you were allowed to stay up past curfew to do this. I've, <laughs> I've missed you, dude. Oh, I'm my shocked
2: God. that the early bird special didn't put you to sleep, Grandpa.
1: Listen, I only for John Macri would I stay up past eight thirty, and lo and behold, here I am.
0: You're younger um, than me. I, to hell with you.
1: Yes, but th- there's a much longer joke there where I was like five years older than anybody else at Gotham sports network, but that is all a whole other
0: conversation for a different day. This is is making me feel wonderful anyway.
1: (laughs) So as far as how I'm doing with all of this, John, you remember that podcast we did where I I talked about how overly positive I was about this franchise and how, yes, they're losing, but I see signs. And if you get a little bit of lottery luck and correctly nail the trade deadline, Things will actually turn out to be not so terrible in Knicks land and we can watch the second half of the season of the post all star break with Iggy getting burned and Wooten getting getting some minutes and the guys that are supposed to be here for the future being part of the plan. Here's what's happened since RJ Barrett got hurt. Kevin Knox is averaging like 17 minutes a game. Uh Peyton and Bullock and Randall and Morris and Gibson and all of these veterans that are on one year contracts, all their numbers are going up and the Knicks have been linked to guys like Andre Drummond and D'Angelo Russell and Terry Rozier.
0: Don't forget John Henson. Don't forget John, John Henson. Don't forget John Henson. But can't like all
1: of these dudes that I want no part of in my future. So I'm convinced that the Knicks listened to that show and said, wait a minute, someone's positive about us. We can't have this. We just cannot have this as part of the future. So as Jeremy said, yeah, there's nothing official that's actually happened. But even the most optimistic of Knicks fans, like you said, do not trust this front office. Why are they making any decisions? Just do nothing. That's what I want. Just do nothing and I'll be fine.
0: Um, I'm at the point now where if you told me that if, if I could sign um the the proverbial piece of paper that said that the Knicks were going to do nothing between now and Thursday, I I... I'd have to think long and hard about it because I'm I'm worried um, like you are like a lot of Nick fans are. And I think it's interesting because and I, I there are a couple ways that we could attack this. I mean, I, I guess maybe the smartest ways to just kind of go through the different rumors that we've heard. But the the thing I keep coming back to today, the two things I keep coming back to today, and we could kind of, I guess, maybe get into it as we talk about the individual trades. One is. Nick fans loved to clap back at anybody who would say, oh, it's New York. You don't have the patience for a proper rebuild. And here we are a year and a half by all, you know, for all intents and purposes into a re- what, what I think of as a rebuild. And people are like, oh, totally trade, trade both of these, you know, under, under 22 players. And, you know, for this guy that we know what he is at this amount of money and and we'll get into it. But that's one. Two. um is like there is a real divide right now as to like what is the best approach to take. And I think it has a lot to do with certain people are willing to overlook certain um, things that this front office may have done and and questions that we should legitimately have about them. And other people are just looking to like, listen, let's just make this move, that move, that move, and we'll get better and I just don't – I don't know if that's how we could look at this. Um, Jeremy, I'll, I'll go to you first. Um, is Do you want to – is there a particular trade rumor that you'd like to s- discuss first um, tonight out of all of the ones that have, that have crossed our path uh, over the last day or so?
2: Yes. I would like to start with D'Angelo Russell. Okay. Cool. I, so I was hoping
0: you'd say. So uh, yeah. you have the floor.
2: So I understand the appeal of D'Angelo Russell. Um this honestly feels like it feels like we've had this conversation before. Uh, I want to say it feels like Groundhog's Day, but the truth is that was yesterday. Um, well done. With this, it's just <laughs> it's just like um, <laughs> thank you. I look at D'Lo. Yes, he fits the timeline. It makes a lot of sense. Here's the thing. Number one, we keep talking about how like oh the Knicks could have easily gotten him, and it seemed like his decision was already made. We don't really know what went on behind closed doors. Maybe the Knicks made an offer. Maybe they didn't. The point is he's on the warriors right now right so the two convictions that i think i've I've really had um, at least in terms of building your team right i feel strongly about an elite wing Um, but i also feel like a successful team doesn't need to spend big on a point guard Um, i wrote an article actually it's kind of funny that both you guys are on here because it's marrying my past and and present Um, So I'm going to start with an article that I wrote for Gotham. And basically I went over the last 10 years of Eastern Conference Finals and I looked at the percentage of a player's salary in terms of the salary cap. Hmm. And the truth is that outside of Kyrie in 2016, uh, George Hill in 2018, and Kyle Lowry in 2019, of the last uh, 20 starting point guards – for um, the last 20 teams to make the Eastern Conference Finals so the last 10 years, uh, 17 of them were all earning 20% or less of the salary cap. Huh. Now, of course, a big thing with that is they all had an elite player, right? I mean, you go back to the Magic, and they had Dwight Howard. You know, you could you could say that a couple of these players were the best on their team. Like, I'd say Derek Rose was certainly the best player on that team. But then again, Derek Rose was on his rookie contract. Basically, the point I'm getting here, is, getting at here is the way that we're trending is, yes, it's it's certainly higher in terms of successful point guards and how much they're earning. But I don't think that we're really at a point where we could take that player and have him be, you know, a, a sustainable option. And granted, I'm not saying that the Knicks should be contending by the time Delo's contract's up. But it does put a crunch on what else you do because now you either have to worry about trading him. Uh, if down the line, if that's something you want, um, if you want to use that cap space to find other players, they have to be complementary. And again, I don't think that you can succeed with your point guard being your best player unless he's generational. Like for example, Steph Curry is a generational point guard. Uh, he he led the Warriors to success. But the other thing is the Warriors were so dominant because of the fact that they got Kevin Durant. Why did they get Kevin Durant? Because Steph Curry did not have a max contract. He had much less. Happened because of his ankles. Point being though. They could afford it. And so that's the thing. When you have a point guard who who really is going to be high volume, and maybe he could be great. Maybe D'Lo can be a great player. Um, it's very possible. I don't think he can be a superstar. If you don't have that elite, elite player at your point guard position, um, or if you do have him there, you, you're likely going to do well. But if you don't and you're paying out like you do have him there, then it becomes problematic. So I understand the appeal, absolutely, um, but again, it like it goes hand in hand with building a cohesive team, and I just don't see. I understand the the age. I understand there's money to burn. It doesn't mean you have to spend it, and that's my biggest thing with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Mr. Claudio.
1: I missed that train. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of hit it where it has to make sense from a team building perspective in a vacuum. If you're trading for a 23 year old that made the all-star team last year and has only shown signs of improvement on the offensive end over the last two seasons. Yes, I get it. But not if you're going to be paying him $31 million in three years, not if you're not also going to trade Marcus Morris or and or Julius Randle, and you're not going to put the team around him that isn't going to also need the ball to be successful. Jeez, um, the defensive side of the ball, if if D'Angelo Russell is guarding the other team's point guard, and you've traded Frank, who would be the perfect player to put around the big three that they have. imagine? Could you imagine Klay Thompson, Frank Nilekina, and Draymond Green all on the same team? next season when those guys are all healthy it's basically like they got a younger Iguodala and just plugged them right in at the Knicks expense um I I have worse
0: it. fears but I'll get I'll save that for my Well, like I,
1: I do get it like if you do trade D'Angelo Russell like I need to know what the rest of the plan is is this step one toward trying to put together that super team that they talked about the well quote-unquote super team they talked about where Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker and Russ want all want to play together one day which not sure I want that to be my core, but it's better than what I've seen the last two decades, so maybe. But the whole point being, if this is step one, then at least that's a plan. But if it's just we need to make a move to try and save our jobs, that's not the right incentive to try and get a guy like D'Angelo Russell because it looks like you panicked at the deadline because you're trying to save your job and not actually trying to make a move that makes sense for your future. So that's where I stand with with D'Angelo Russell. I, I, I'm not as anti him as some people are. I just don't think it makes sense, especially when you're about to have a very high draft pick and a very point guard heavy draft.
0: Um, so I want to pick up on a couple of things that, that both of you guys said. Um, Andrew, you just said that you're not a Russell guy, or you 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 aren't a Russell guy. I, I'm not either, um, but I don't think that is even a real big part of this conversation um, in terms of his style of play. He doesn't get into the paint. He does not get to the line. His assist uh, ratio is that of um, far closer to like a shooting guard than a guy who, you know, like makes it his point to get um, other teammates involved. Like Alfred Payton, we shit on Alfred Payton a lot for some of the things that he does on the court. Say what you want about him. He has a 35 assist ratio, which means 35% of his possessions um, end in assists. That's outstanding. That's basically, other than Ricky Rubio, that's as good as you're going to find in the league. Uh D'Angelo Russell's about 20. Um, it's just that's that's not what he's out there to do. He's out there to score, which obviously look, it it's, that's a that's a valuable skill. Um and if you look at his stats, you're like, oh, 23 points, 38% from three. Like, well, what else do you need? I I can't help but look at this from a process standpoint. And Jeremy, we you know, we've done these Sunday pods now all year. And I feel like our conversations always inevitably get back to good process versus bad process. What do, what do we think about the big picture with this team? And the idea, like, I don't know how far down the road they internally got with offering him a contract or trying to, you know, snare him away as a restricted free agent uh, this summer. But, like, I, it doesn't sound like they even knocked on that door. So I, I, I can't help but ask the question like, well, what's changed? Other than the job statuses of those involved and other than like 50 more games of evidence on Kevin Knox and, you know, Dennis Jr., um, and I guess Russell, even though he basically is what he is to me. It's like, what what has changed? I can't get past that. And I can't get past the other part of the process. Part of this for me is like, show me the team in league, literally in league history that was a bad team like a really shitty team and they traded some of their young players for a guy that's not a superstar not even really like there's all stars and then there's guys like Jeff Teague and Mo Williams and Nick Van Exel and I sorry I have to do this John Starks and Kyle Korver like all those guys were all stars at one point they're all one time all stars but are like that's that's not how you go from being shitty to not shitty, which is what the Knicks need to do. And I just, I can't, I can't get past the process part of this. And the fact that I just, for the life of me, is D'Angelo Russell making, is he making a difference here? Like what, what is, what's going to happen other than the dream scenario you laid out, um, Andrew, with, with Kat and, and Booker, which I would sign up for in a heartbeat. But like, is that really what we're doing again? Like putting all of our eggs and like, oh, we get this guy, then maybe that guy comes in. Me- I can't, you know, I can't I can't get there.
2: I don't know. Well, he is, he is making a difference. What he's doing is he's taking a team that is terrible and making them mediocre. And then as a result, yeah, you're improving, but what is your ceiling? Your floor is a little bit higher. Then you're really hoping for more lottery luck because, again, it goes back to, this isn't even for tanking. This is just, if we're talking about the difference between being the worst team in the league Without D'Angelo Russell and being, say, like, the eighth worst team in the league with him, is there – you're building, but is there really a significant difference? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're looking at a cap situation where it's a, it's it's just a lot more – it's a lot messier. And, and, yeah, I mean, you talked about Teague. Someone asked me, like, all right, well, what team would you build if you didn't have DeLo? And I was thinking I'd love to see the Knicks be, like, the Pacers team that beat the Knicks, um, where you have George Hill. As a ball handler who isn't making that much, but he's consistent, he's steady, he can hit an open shot, he can defend. Maybe can't break players down um, quite as much off the dribble, or at least certainly not as much now that he's in his older state. But like that type of archetype, um, or Jeff Teague again, um, you you can do, you can be malleable with your players, and that's why spending big on guards has never really made sense to me unless unless course, i was about to are, say yeah. right absolutely unbelievably elite and then you you have to fit the pieces together with him so again i think it's the assets you have are best used towards maximizing your window and growing from there like for there are fans who may follow the draft um we may consider this one or the general consensus may be that this is a weaker draft the following year. For example, things change. These guys are teenagers. There's a player named Cade Cunningham. Um, and basically, he, according to our draft guru, Spencer, who I, I trust implicitly, um, he's the next big thing. And so you think about that. And it's like, would those assets be better used getting D'Angelo Russell or trading up in the draft if you're in that position? And, and we, for me, it's the latter. And it's a no-brainer.
0: Where I No, I, I... – look we we will never that's thinking way far ahead and and whether that trade is giving you on the but table you but have,
2: you you have to think that far but you're, ahead but, because you're
0: you're building something long term to your point by doing a move like this you are and my my i my, if i had to bet the only way that they would get him would be to include Mitchell Robinson and i think ultimately that is why they will not pull the trigger because i do not think um i don't think they would trade Mitch but like If they ever did, it would be like Mitch and like not much else for Russell. And then they'd go and get themselves Andre Drummond. And then um, Mm -hmm. as I as I messaged somebody earlier today, we'd be having Steve Mills and Scott Perry come out with a for a press conference with a mission accomplished banner behind them and me vomiting in the corner. Um, It's just not what you want. And it's not what like (laughs) there has been a lot of suffering and a lot of losing that has come to get to the next to a place where they have their draft picks and some young talent and cap flexibility. And in certain ways, this would throw away. It kind of would throw away like all three of those things. If they made a move like this, depending on what other dominoes yeah. fell. Um, I bring up Andre Drummond. Um, Andrew, do you have any desire to have Andre Drummond wear a Nick uniform ever?
1: Not Not at all. We have a much younger, much more affordable, probably... Much better. higher ceiling version. I'd of just him say better. I think he's
0: better. Just better,
1: he's- better. 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 Than Mitchell Robinson. I'd like to see Mitchell Robinson develop to be something better than Andre Drummond than to trade for Andre Drummond and then have that be the bad thing that we traded for. Um I have a question though before I move on to from D'Angelo Russell, because sure. I do think this is part of the narrative as to why they're even interested. But the backlash that the Knicks would get in that they could have signed him in the offseason but didn't. And now they're trading assets for him because, as Bill Simmons put, it's the Knicks. Um, I'm not as savvy. This is why I used to co-host with Jeremy when it comes to the salary cap and the CBA and sure how how that process goes. So I, I guess I need both of your brains on this. So. The Knicks, if they had offered him the exact contract he got and yeah. the Nets matched it, were they able to then still do the sign and trade?
0: No. So mm-hmm. my under Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding of sign and trade rules is that um the if the if the Knicks offered on the contract and D'Angelo Russell um signed it and then the, the net the Nets matched, that's it. Um they could not have traded him. Oh man want to say for six months at I, least December 15th. So it's you, the
1: same December 15th deadline that we all yeah, were waiting for. Yeah. So one. this,
0: yeah. I, this idea that the nets were just, were like, like, I, I don't want to say who it was, but somebody responded to me on Twitter today. Be like the nets were never, ever, 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 ever going to relinquish the Angelo Russell's cap hold. And I'm like, well, if it meant they couldn't get KD and Kyrie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they would have relinquished that hold happily. Um, it happened to work out in a situation where they you know, it was a sign and trade and it was a team that he he wanted to go with and it, it was fine. Um but like yeah, they if the Knicks wanted him, they could have made him an offer sheet and like that would have put the Nets in an extraordinarily um tricky position. Jeremy, well, did I miss yeah. anything?
2: No, I would say there is a way that there could be a three team sign and trade. The only thing is that it wouldn't really make sense because the Warriors wanted pieces back that were like Delo they didn't want whatever the Knicks had the Knicks don't have any win now young pieces that could really work with kind of what they're doing
0: um I mean, but at, the point at, is that the, the Nets the, couldn't have prevented D'Lo correct like if yeah, they, the if they, mind, they yeah. wanted that cap space there was no mechanism for them to have both the cap space and the ability to prevent you know Russell from signing that deal yes. and then yeah okay
2: and At the end of the day, what it basically came out to was D'Angelo Russell preferred to sign with the Warriors, who are basically taking a sabbatical, than the Knicks. He chose to go to California again, which he started his career in and has legal weed, and he didn't want to be in New York anymore. (laughs) That's what – no, but do we – but do we know that? Do we know if he, no? I mean, again, that's the thing. We we only are privy to the information that's provided to us. But I can well, tell you, I'm. I mean, also, legal
0: weed should be an issue. I think DeAndre Russell can get weed wherever he goes. That's like. I'm sure he can. But like Ian Bagley reported it, I, I think it was Bagley today he said uh, that there was some. Yeah, he actually yeah, he was Ian Bagley. He reported today that there were people that thought that Russell wanted to stay in New York. Um, I, I just, it's not the main headline of the story, but. To, like, you know what makes it a headline for me? I'm sorry if this is like LOL Nixie uh, of me to do this. And I, I welcome either of you guys to call me out on that if it is. Nah,
1: say it. No, I think I'm going to say it too.
0: They came out in the fucking media day press conference and said there were Max type free agents that we could have gone after. And we didn't. This was the plan. This is what we wanted. We had our couple of guys. And if we didn't get those guys, these were the guys we wanted. What changed? What's different now? I'm sorry, I don't see it.
1: Exactly, and that's that's where I was gonna go with my my question. Because if if the rules were different and the Nets could have done the sign and trade anyway, then stop with the LOL Knicks. Like they had no chance at the end of Russell. But this now proves they don't have a plan. They don't have a plan at all. If the plan was just sign one-year guys because they actually thought this is how we can make the playoffs this year, and now we're at the deadline, and they think, well, okay, maybe we should have made our run at the age of Here's all our assets, and here's, see, look, Jim, we're still trying to save our job. We're only seven games out of the loss column in the playoff race. Look at all the games under 500 against the teams we play. Like, there's no plan, guys. I hate to say it, but. I, the the trust to have in this front office has gone completely out the window at this point.
0: Jeremy, you mm. you were higher on the the front. I I noticed vaguely. I, I had a crazy day today, so I couldn't really respond. But I noticed in Slack you were you were. I I don't think you're as hardline on this as, as me and Andrew are. Am I correct in saying that?
2: What in terms of the front office, or no hope?
0: It, in terms of like the, <laughs> this whole like how much does whatever the narrative may have been during the summer. Should that affect what's going on now? Like, does it? Like, where where do you stand on all that part of it?
2: No, no, I mean, I'm still terrified of the front office. And we see all these reports. And we we don't know where they're coming from, obviously. But then, and maybe we can segue into this. But Andrew's talking about no plan. And then we see a notification about how the Knicks and the Hornets are talking. And all of a sudden, Terry Rozier's name's pop, name pops up. And it Who they wanted. Like, oh, Who yeah, they wanted, by the way. Like, right exactly and so it's like hey you know how we didn't get him to begin with uh well maybe now we want him or is it the hornets are saying we knew you wanted him would you like him back the whole thing is just a nightmare i i wouldn't say i'm any less concerned um i'd say that it's more yes i'm i'm kind of hoping for the best expecting the worst but the biggest thing is i'm i'm trying to judge based on the actual decisions that are made Mm. But at the same time, it feels like so much of what we have been judging the Knicks on, and I think rightfully so, is the decisions they haven't made, as in like the moves they were unable to make because of miscalculations or um, basically because of the fact that they are overpromising and underdelivering. delivering um, And a big thing that I've been thinking about with this trade deadline is if you're, if you're Scott Perry and Steve Mills, you have to be thinking to yourself, this is potentially it. At least with the Knicks. I mean, this is probably Mills' last job in the NBA. And this could be Perry's. You, you I don't think, think he's going to get scooped us. up no, uh, by I,
0: I like a savvy it. organization? though?
2: I think some team will pick him up. I don't think it's the end of the road for him. But I've been thinking, what is this front office's legacy? Because if this is it, what is the lasting impression? And to me right now, kind of the one thing that would last is the Porzingis trade. We can say a lot of the, about what happened this summer and, uh, but it's the Porzingis trade and then not getting any, not getting Durant, not getting Kyrie, not getting any other big name stars or at least meeting with them, whatever it is. So my philosophy has been, what if the Knicks are indeed sellers? What if the front office recognizes that in order, like by recouping some assets, it vindicates and validates everything that they've done. And again, that's me hoping for the best. And we see these reports and it's hard to know if that's coming from the Knicks side. And if it is, then that's very troubling if it's not like leaking as a smokescreen, but instead just what their actual truths are.
0: I've had a sneaking suspicion for a while now that the Knicks are maybe not itching to include one, if not both of the Dallas picks um, in a trade, but like really wouldn't mind it if it brought back a player that they could then, and I, we've talked about, we I've said a version of what I'm about to say on past pods with you, but like if they could basically have the press conference and be like, see, in effect, we traded Chris is for this guy, right? And it's like, and, and it's a, a player that it's, that it's at least a name. Um, I don't think that that's going to um, to come to fruition. Um, as far as Julius Randle and the Hornets, I mean, like, if they want them, they could have them. I, it's, I I don't know what what the hot take is to have here. I mean, they have uh, expiring salary of Bismack Biombo, Marvin Williams, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Which um, that last one might take a little bit of extra filler because the Hornets are close to the tax. I think um, I don't have my calculator at. I apologize, but whatever. It's an easy deal to get done. Um, there are uh, two concerns with it,
2: though. That's what? the thing. Number one is trading Randall perhaps not an, at a high. Like I would recommend trading Randall in the offseason because I think you can get a better market than you can right now. Really? And number 2, I eh, do I do basically because of the contracts contract. you've got money off the books for more teams, not a lot, but That's more. Fair. You can do a three team deal. Things there's a little bit more flexibility with non-guaranteed contracts. And I would say the second thing is and this is honestly my biggest concern that if you tra- if the Knicks trade Randall, it gives them permission to keep Morris. And that to me is a nightmare because of the fact that you can trade Randall six months from now. You can't trade Marcus Morris six months from now. You can trade Marcus Morris by Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, if if and I don't see the Knicks trading both. Maybe they do, but I really doubt it. Oh, so they're, that's they're the not. Case, I would z- right. I would rather just trade and reevaluate chance. Randall yeah. eventually.
0: Can I, Andrew? I want your take on this because this is one of those things where I have. <laughs> I've thought about the 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 pluses and minuses of trading Marcus Morris so many times. I've written about it. I've talked about it with Jeremy on this podcast. I there is a part of me, and you you've done a great job this year of kind of stepping away from the Twitter. Um <laughs> <laughs> not by choice sometimes. <laughs> that, listen, kudos, whatever it is, yes. whether someone dragged <laughs> you away or otherwise, kudos uh, to you. Um it I'm sure people might get pissed off at this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. It bothers me that all of quote unquote smart NBA Twitter, you, and I've said this, universally agrees that the Knicks have to trade Marcus Morris if they don't trade Marcus Morris, they're idiots. I have said, I think I said to Spencer earlier this week, like, just get him out of here, get whatever you can. that was probably uh, a day after those uh, choice words he said. Um, thanks again for that, Marcus. Um but I it, it eats at me any time everybody universally agrees about something that, like, there's a part of the thing that doesn't fully pass the smell test for me. I, is there any part of you having stepped away and just looking at the thing on its face that would be like, you know what? If they traded away Randall, I could see the logic in keeping Morris.
1: No. Like, like plain and simple. No, like, you know what? You know what that is, John. That that universal agreement that everybody has. It's that all of us have this one thing in common, and it's a need <laughs> to make sense. <laughs> I was and gonna say, is it sense? Is let, it common sense? The Knicks aren't gonna let a silly little thing like sense mess up their plan and and their their draft. The the plan that they're gonna do at the trade deadline. He is the only one that you you that you don't have control over the future contract. If they want to extend. Him this summer, they can and still get an asset for him. We've seen this multiple times in baseball. The Yankees are where they are right now because they traded Mm -hmm. Araldis Chapman and got Kaliber Torres back and then signed Araldis Chapman in the offseason. It's literally what baseball teams do all the time. You can do this. And, And it's actually something we would applaud the Knicks for if they did. Like say they got a decent asset back, even if it's just a first round pick. Uh, you could do this and it would still work. And like Jeremy said, you can put the spin on keeping Randall because of the flexibility of him in the offseason. Also, it gives you the power forward depth for the rest of the season if you want to develop him with the rest of the young core. More than anything, why I would trade Marcus Morris. A, he's your best asset. Like first and foremost, the best asset, non like rj mitch frank like young kid like the actual veteran asset that you could trade he's the best possible thing two right now he's clogging up the small forward depth on this team and i'm not even talking about kevin knox at this point because i actually think he might actually be beneficial in an off the bench in spurts kind of role but what iggy's doing in the g league right now i'm really hoping that well we we want to see him right which that can't happen if Marcus Morris is playing 30 minutes a night. Also, if he's signed to this long-term contract at 31 years old, it's the most indefensible move. And like you said, if there's not even one person out there that's saying we should keep Marcus Morris, not one intelligent person, then why is it that the two people that seem to think this is a good idea are in charge of our basketball And
0: we should say, by the way, we all know like if they keep and um I think he saw, uh you Jeremy you back me up on this I think he signed Raymond Brothers as his agent who was a a noted um Scott Perry uh um I don't know what the word is um dealer of de- dealer of deals uh c- compatriot um it's like they're giving him I don't know. Three for six. They're, I mean, they'll give him the they'll give him the Randall deal probably, except with a bigger guarantee on the th- the third year. If I had to guess, I don't think it'll be that big. I you, I really you want don't. to bet? Do Because no, want...
2: I don't think they'll be here to begin with. But the point is, no, I see I, the I, market.
0: I could see that. I could see it Possibly. When
2: you look at the market and the and the teams that have cap space available, I don't think it will get to a bidding point where uh, it will cost you know twenty million dollars or so to retain marcus morris at the age of 31 i mean because if that's the if that's what you're going at then you're just i mean I, I feel like marcus morris in a lot of ways is peaking and it doesn't mean that it'll he'll you know drop off tomorrow or in a year i just don't think that the level of town ta- of the level of play he's at right now is sustainable oh it's his career, as a number one option yeah 100%. right and that's great and i'm really happy for him because he's been grinding for a while and it's awesome to see him in this position and he deserved this contract. And he deserves the next one, too. But, yeah, sure, maybe there's a team like the Knicks that could just splurge on him. But I think the market would dictate that a bit. And I think his age will be taken into consideration. But, yeah, I mean, if he did turn down 351 and he's increased his value, but he's added an age of – a year of mileage to his body. He turned
0: down 341. 341.
2: Yeah, 341. Okay, thank you. So, in that case, I could see him being offered something like – Three fifty one in that case. I think that would make a little bit more sense. It would be around seventeen million dollars a year, and it would be a little bit of an overpay, I think. But just I could see that <laughs> offer. Yeah,
1: but but that if I real quick, John. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation about. Oh what no, it is. give him in the off yeah, like that. I actually like. What's ha- that's a thing you think about in the future? Which I guess you could kind of defend if you're a team that's just looking for some type of stability over a couple of years where you're done with the one-year deals. The actual frustrating conversation around Marcus Morris is, is regardless of what contract you want to give him in the summer, you can do that and still trade him right now and get something in return for him. So that thing is then playing with him and, next season when you want to extend and, it.
0: And I just, I have to hammer this. The, thank you for that because it, it, you also have to add to it one this is not a restricted free agent they are trading away. This is someone that they that will be unrestricted this summer um it it is not like he's in a territory where a team acquiring his um his bird rights are, are is going to be able to you know it's like he's not in that territory of of player it it's <laughs> they if they want to overpay for him this summer they could trade him away and they will st- he will still gladly take the knicks and james dolan's gobs of cash. He um, has uh, I thought don't because he well, in the
2: sense of in the sense of the max that he could get is a partial bird maybe percent is it partial yeah it's, bird? it's not yeah yes but it, he hasn't really gotten to that two to three year standpoint where yes, things yes, yes, yes. Okay. certainly are more advantageous from a team perspective.
0: Um, okay, but we'll finish up in a sec, but first, um, we have to talk about, uh, one of our new sponsors, uh, very exciting, uh, sponsor for us for cash So it's F O R E cash sports.com. So this is an easy way to win money on sports. Um, because what this place does for cash sports.com, is they give you DFS and betting insight, um, as well as uh, an innovative MVP race feature. Um, Basically what it is is a place for you to go and get all of your DFS betting knowledge that you need. So as opposed to signing up for however many sites you need to sign up for, which are going to cost you hundreds of dollars a month to try to get like an advantage in your daily um, fantasy uh, exploits, I'll say. You could just go to forecast sports and they package it all together because they pay for all those subscriptions and they compartmentalize it and they make it really easy for you. Plus, um, they have this really cool thing where there's a hundred or $1,000 up for grabs each day just for answering questions about the biggest game in sports of the day. It's very, very cool. So um, even if you don't win for your DFS stuff that day, you still have a chance to win money through the site, which is great. Um, you can do a free trial, no credit card required. When you select one day trial and enter the code one day, that's the number one, D-A-Y, um and you could actually if you're listening to this right now you could take a free shot at a thousand dollars tonight and then if you like what you ha- hat you see you could use code nicks for 25 dollars each month for the life of your subscription and um you could do pay by the day pay by the the week if you pay by the month eighty nine ninety nine twenty five 25 off it's a really good deal so if you're into daily fantasy sports pretty clearly this is the way to go one more time for cash com. That's F O R E cash sports.com. Okay. Um, I want to finish up just by hitting a couple other quickies that um, we've heard throughout the last um, day or so. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is a, is a, is a player is a, is a point guard. He plays for the Oklahoma city thunder <laughs> makes $15 million next year. Um, he's putting up good numbers this year. Um, I'm going to ask both of you because uh, neither of you are particularly high on Kevin Knox. I am willing to wager that if the Knicks were willing to put Kevin Knox in a deal, they would, um, happily, the thunder would happily send over Dennis Schroeder tomorrow. Um, Jeremy, what do you think about that deal? Would you contemplate that for a half a second?
2: I don't really want Schroeder. To begin with, I mean, if if it's if I'm playing from the Thunder's perspective and the salary works, then yeah, I would take it. Certainly, it would be
0: like Portland Knox for Schroeder and like I don't know something.
2: Yeah, something along those lines. If because look, there's a logjam, you could say, in Oklahoma City. I mean, all, the three guards are stri- are thriving, but you don't need them if you can kind of get that stretch forward that. I feel like they don't really have, especially since Gallinari is going to be potentially on his way out. It's something. Absolutely. Uh, But from a Knicks perspective, and I've seen this a lot, uh, not quite to the magnitude of Russell, of course, but about how Knicks fans should want Schroeder um, because, I mean, look how much better he is than the Knicks point guards. And to that, I say, that's a very low bar. If your goal is to find a player who's better than the Knicks players on the Knicks, you can find that fairly easily. It's a matter of what does that do to your team? Um, he's he's a good scorer. He's a really good scorer. He's been having a great year. He's been shooting lights out. He's like him.
0: He's a much worse passing Alfred Payton with a shot. Exactly.
2: He's a really bad passer. Um, I believe that his assist to turnover percent or ratio is pretty god awful.
0: His assist ratio Um, is seventeen percent, seventeen point something percent, which is like, it right in the middle between D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle. So, um, yeah, no, thank
2: you. Yeah. It's a sort of thing again, and I, I, I'm of the belief that a new front office is coming. Maybe it's not though, and I could be completely wrong here. I also feel like Dolan is going to give the keys to the castle to whoever's next, and I think taking on any salary is something he would be against. But I think it's also something that the front office might be against as well. But then you figure that there really aren't that many players that are worth signing, and maybe they could do it. But I. I if you're if you're the Thunder, long story short, yeah, I think you do it. Maybe if you with more of a bigger deal that you were talking about, but if you're the Knicks, it's just like it's just a, a smaller version of D'Angelo Russell in terms of talent and salary.
0: Um, Andrew, you have any interest in, in Dennis Schroeder? Uh, it
1: depends on the deal, you know. It it can't be. Oh, we got our point guard. Like I don't see him. Like he's he's gonna be twenty seven this off season. So I. I don't know how much I want to invest the future in him. I will say once I actually looked at the deal and like did a little homework, as you said, I'm not that high in Kevin Knox and I'm much higher on, on Iggy. So that's more where my thought is here is yes, you're punting on Kevin Knox, which that could come back to bite you, but then it moves Iggy up in the pecking order. Um, I'm not a hundred percent against this is what I'll say. I as long as the deal isn't, like, Knox and a pick, it's just, like, Knox and Portis to match salary, then I'd be intrigued because Schroeder then becomes a, a restricted, uh, not restricted, a uh, an expiring contract this offseason as well. So if you wanted to package him in a deal, again, you could because you're, like, they get some lottery luck and they all of a sudden have the number two pick and they're going to draft... Cole Anthony or LaMelo Ball, it, it really does depend what the deal is. I, I have no illusions of grandeur that the Knicks are going to go on a run. So as a result, I'm, I i don't know how much it would hurt if they got Schroeder, but I'm I, not 100% against it
0: is, is what I'd say. I mean, I'm thinking like what, because, you know, obviously this is a trade for next year. Like what, how does Dennis Schroeder on this team next year help you? Like this is a guy that averages four assists a game. Um, like I said, his assist ratio is not good. Um, he he's shooting good from three, but I mean, this is not you know, this is not like like there are there are guards whose three pointers you like bend another team to their will. That that's mm-hmm. that's not what we're we're talking about here with Dennis Schroeder. This is a situation where teams have largely been giving him these threes all year and he's been taking them and he's been making them to his credit and that's wonderful um I, I well, just yeah, sorry so who again. would you who would you rather have Schroeder or Peyton because that's
1: that's the, the game I'm trying to play is what I'd rather have had like what what's the the better value if this means like that Schroeder's on the team next year and that he's the guy that has an expiring contract you're again shopping at the deadline what do you think could get more
0: of a return so no, I mean, I I don't think Peyton could get anything, but I I don't like I don't necessarily think Schroeder could get a whole lot either. I mean, I know. Look, I I can't believe we're at the point of the podcast where I'm going to be defending Alfred Payton. Shoot me <laughs> in the face right now. Um, but like, there's a reason that the Knicks are like much much better on offense when Alfred Payton is out there, and, and it's because for for all of his faults, he like he does. It's crazy to say he does help them on that end of the floor quite a bit, um, despite the fact that he can't hit the, the far side of a barn. Um, I just like, it, okay, so Schroeder's a 10%... Inc- and and, he, and by the way, Schroeder is arguably worse on defense than Peyton. So it's like, okay, Schroeder's going to make, make my offense maybe 10% better, 15% better than Peyton from this year. Like, I have to give up something for the right for that? like why? Like what my team is not at that at that place. That's why I just like Yeah. you know, if they like and they're not going to trade him for like expirings and like one of the hornets second rounders. Like that, that they're not going to do that. The, and well, why they nor should they.
1: Well, no, I agree I agree with all of that, to be honest. I I'm if we're going yes or no on a shorter trade, I'd say no. I guess what my brain is doing right now is if the Knicks are going to do a move and it's like trade for Rozier, trade for Russell, or trade for Schroeder. Oh, I would God. of those three, I would take Schroeder. Is what I'm
2: saying.
0: That's well, yeah, okay. Just so so, say like if I'm yeah. just
1: doing like, what's the worst evil here? Okay, no, no, I just Schroeder for a year. I guess I could tolerate it.
0: Hey guys, just a quick reminder about one of our favorite sponsors for the show, arguably our favorite of all of the sponsors, The Athletic. Uh, one of um. The people that make this show happen, they are a subscription-based sports news site for real fans, through in-depth coverage from local writers on every team, and of course the national writers that you know and love. Um, If there were ever a week to get in on The Athletic, it's probably this week. For one, the NBA trade deadline is around the corner. If you're listening to this right now, you are uh, probably someone who cares about such things. And you got Shams giving you breaking news, obviously, and also all of the different local NBA writers will have different scoops and things um, in their articles on the various teams that you could access every single one of those, including, of course, uh, the knicks own beat writer, Mike Vorkanoff, who writes all things Knicks, and he is excellent. Also, um, you might want to read about the Super Bowl. Um, or baseball, which is right around the corner. The Athletic has basically whatever you want, and the best part is you could personalize your own feed of stories to give you exactly only the news that you want coming directly to you. You pick your favorite teams, however you want to get this uh, underway. Um, They also do live question and answers with their writers, which is another very cool thing. Um, And they have behind-the-scenes stuff, exclusive player profiles, team rankings, fantasy sports insights, literally everything. If you want to get 40% off a yearly subscription, go to theathletic.com backslash overtime. So one more time, that's theathletic.com backslash O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. And if you input that overtime code, you'll get 40% off a yearly subscription to The Athletic, which is um, – it's really good um, because I pay full price for it because I think I signed up for it before I found out about any of these great deals. And I have never once thought of canceling because it's just – it's really good. So um, check it out one more time, com backslash overtime. Well, so why don't we end with that? Because I think we – unless – am I forgetting anybody – Um. Am I forgetting anybody that has been rumored over the last few days, Jeremy? Have, pick me up if I'm forgetting someone. Um, I
2: don't think so. I feel like I feel so overwhelmed by just today that it's hard for me to even. Do we want to do we want to talk about
0: John Henson? Do we need to talk about John John Henson trade? Oh, that did happen, didn't it? That that was a, that was a <laughs> yeah. rumor that happened. Um, yeah, no, I don't. down is Yeah.
2: What? We just don't know, even know anything about it, right? Wasn't it just that they were discussing they him? They were
0: discussing him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, I think we've covered everybody. So why, why don't we end this? Um, why, why don't we end with this? Let's do a round robin. First, um, everybody give me your worst-case scenario trade deadline um, results. Like We're sitting here four days from now, and like you're ready to give up on this team forever because this – whatever happened and then we'll end on a positive note and we'll say what is our best case scenario. So, um either of you guys want to start off with this.
1: Go ahead Jeremy, take it away.
0: All you Jeremy, you got this.
1: All right.
2: Um worst case scenario, I would say Marcus Morris is still a nick. Um wow, hater. I, I, <laughs> all right. Whatever. Um, I would say Julius Randall is not a Nick, and the Knicks pretty much just chose one of them to get rid of and they sold Randall for pennies on the dollar and that they could have traded Portis but they bought him out instead that Ellington Bullock I think both of them are still here which I believe maybe from a vet perspective whatever I think that at least one of them shouldn't be here I think both it's too it's too much um, and Alfred Payton is still on the roster and the Knicks didn't trade Dennis Smith Jr. because the trade didn't arise. So basically they traded the only player who has a guaranteed contract next year and everyone else is either kept or, uh, waived. And then they don't start the young guys. They just play everyone You know, the starting minutes, and then they have the bench go a little bit longer, and then they get into this, like, pseudo-tank war at the end of the season, and they lose because of the fact that they should have done this a few games earlier, and it affects everything, and then the entire season feels like a big, what was this all for? So that's, I'd say that's my worst-case scenario.
0: Love it. Um Andrew?
2: Well, this is why
1: I made Jeremy go first because I knew you would have the most eloquent version of the worst case scenario that I would just be able to say everything that Jeremy said, plus uh, if they trade any any of or all of the following, uh, Mitch, Frank, or God forbid, this upcoming pick, uh, pick that they're going to have unprotected. I, I know that got floated around. That might have just been some Twitter nonsense. But if they have any type of I, I don't of think that they the pig, will,
0: will trade this pick. I, I don't
1: think that. you said scenario that would make me turn on this team. If all of a sudden we're trading picks again, I like I can't go backwards. Like you wanna talk about a Dennis Schroeder trade. Make sure Sam Presti's in the deal. Because if that's the case, I can't I can't <laughs> follow this front office anymore if they're gonna
2: start trading picks. But you made a good point. I, and I I agree with you. I think that trading any of the young players just because um would be far worse than just keeping. Cuz at least if you're keeping, you're kind of just recycling your cap space. Not maybe not all the young players are going to be good or are good, but if you're trading if you're giving up on them well before necessary because you are unable to develop them yourself, then that I would agree is is the number 1 problem.
1: Well, if if we're just going by the there's really only two moves I need to happen. Like I'm actually dead set on these two things need to happen. And it's that Portis is gone and Marcus Morris is gone. Cause like Portis is clogging up so many minutes in the, in the, in the front court right now that I would like to see devoted elsewhere. And we just, we've mentioned already what Marcus Morris is doing to the front court, uh, especially the small forward depth on this team. If those two guys simply just those two moves are made, I can tolerate if they have to buy out wayne ellington or bullock or i'm mean, honestly they probably keep peyton but i'd be fine if they had to do that as well and it's just you're watching kadeem allen or, or i keep forgetting we have dennis, McJr. dennis McJr. He he Jr. dennis still he is
0: still on the team
1: you know what i'm saying like if you just go with the depth that you have after you get rid of those two guys i'm fine and I won't be as frustrated watching Bobby Portis anymore, you know. But um, those are the only two moves
0: I'm dead set on them needing to make. All right. So you just said some moves that, that – you, so your worst case is if they don't make those two moves. Is that fair?
1: Yes, but, like, the worst case scenario is is obviously
0: what we mentioned earlier. I would
1: – I would, like – Can I, the can the I do it for I would mine? sign up. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah,
0: my worst case is they tr- they include Mitchell Robinson in a deal for D'Angelo Russell, um, and whatever Mitch and and Bobby Portis and Wayne Ellington, I guess whatever whatever's gonna make the salary work, um, and uh, a year and what is it? What 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 is it? February third, right now? So February, March, April, May, June. So yeah, about sixteen and a half months right now. Um, I watched Mitchell Robinson raise the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Oh, God. Um, oh, couldn't you see it happening? Um, I could. A- a- after I after averaging eight blocks a game, um, in the finals against you know not the Knicks, um, so yeah, that and then the Knicks trade for Andre Drummond. Um, they give up, I don't know, whatever Frank and uh one of the Dallas picks and and uh, salary filler. And then they proceed to re-sign Andre Drummer Drummond for uh, five years, uh, one hundred and forty-five million dollars um, in the off-season, and um, I get to experience a new personal hell called Isaiah Thomas for the next uh, eternity of my life. That's my worst-case scenario.
1: Can I add on to that scenario? Please well? do. So you mentioned, so in this scenario, they are trading for D'Angelo Russell and Andre Drummond or just trading for one of them? They would
0: trade for both of them and then they would okay. proceed. But the, but the understanding obviously would be that they would then re-sign Drummond right. in the offseason.
1: Right, right. So making matters worse, because they traded for those two, these are the Knicks' next five opponents. Uh, Orlando, Detroit, Atlanta, Washington. Uh, okay, so that's the the next four leading up to the All-Star break. So. They trade for those two and go on a run, which maybe they don't make the playoffs, but they finish with like the ninth best record in the Eastern Conference. And then they could market it as they just missed the playoffs, and all of a sudden, they're not anywhere near the top of this draft. And next thing we know, and the little mellow Ball is doing yeah. what John Morant was doing this year, and it's like, "Oh, but look Dude, at us! We got
0: the Angelo Russell." You think I'm you think I'm kidding about the the mission accomplished banner? I, it's I, it's <laughs> it's probably f- fucking folded somewhere in MSG right now. I guarantee. Aye, aye, aye. Um, and, and and if anybody listening thinks that I am being hyperbolic or that I am like uh, gaslighting or whatever by bringing up like if you don't think first, if you don't think that they are having that conversation in MSG right now, you are, I'm sorry, you are fucking nuts. Because they are absolutely, absolutely having this conversation. Well, if we did this, and we did this, and we did this, it's it shit, like, they're taught. I guarantee you, I guarantee you they're having these conversations. They may, they may be conversations where they're like, yeah, no, but we we can't do that. But like, of course, they're talking about it. I guarantee you, they're talking about. It. All right, we have to end on a positive note. Um, Jeremy, what's your what? What's the one thing like you you be like if it happened? You you'd be like so thrilled. Um, if, if for this trade deadline,
2: well, it has to be Mooc moving okay. Marcus Morris for sure. But I would say and I was actually talking about this on Twitter earlier. So we know that D'Angelo Russell and the Knicks are involved in some way. But I was wondering about the possibility of if. Instead of it's the Knicks against the Wolves for D'Angelo Russell, it's actually the three teams trying to work out a three-team deal. What I no. mean by that
0: is there's,
2: a, there's an issue with a straight-up trade between the Wolves and the Warriors. Because they don't want the fact, Andrew Wiggins. No.
0: Is that – Because of the what? fact that
2: they can't trade Alan Crabb. Because his salary can't be aggregated with another player's. Because he was just if,
0: traded. If they had
2: just kept Jeff <laughs> yes. Teague, they okay. could send him back. So what does that mean? Well, we know that the Warriors also want to cut down on their luxury tax issue. Because that is a pressing matter for the 2020-2021 season when they're going to have a healthy Steph, Clay, Draymond. I I imagine that they will re-sign Iggy on a vet minimum deal. And maybe they could get a player like uh, Robert Covington. And they'll have a, probably a top, let's say, seven pick in this year's draft. So things are going pretty well for them. Well, in order for that to happen, where they would move out D'Lo and get a player like Robert Covington back and matching salary, they're going to have to send Crab elsewhere. That's where the Knicks come into play. So if the Wolves sent Crab to the Knicks for Portis, and the Wolves threw in, say, like, a couple second-round picks, and then the Knicks sent back Portis, that that trade's done. And then the Warriors and right, the so Wolves— then,
0: So then the, the, the Wolves are going to then send Portis and Covington to the, the, the Warriors for a deal. And
2: a first-round pick, whatever, for D'Angelo Russell. And uh. then all three teams get exactly what they want. The Warriors get, to, they get a good player and can shave down their tax issues. The Wolves get D'Angelo Russell. And the Knicks turn Bobby Portis and cap space into assets in some way.
0: So win win-win. So basically your best case trade deadline is the Knicks front office um doing what smart teams do and like benefiting from two other teams who want a thing and they can't have the thing until somebody else helps them get the thing.
2: Yeah, my best case scenario is that they go to the Knicks, because I don't believe the front office would be like, oh hey, we should we should totally do this and we <laughs> can do that. I think they're like, we the Wolves and the Warriors like, we really like this. Uh who can we find to help us? And they go to the Knicks and uh, Steve Mills is like picking his nose as the phone rings, and Scott Perry answers oh, it. And then, leave it's Steve like, alone. Okay, oh, hey, here's here's a great deal. Would you guys be interested? And then the Knicks are like, uh, Yeah, I, I guess we would. And then they're like, We'll give you two second round picks. And the Knicks are like, Really? I thought we were gonna have to give the second round picks, but that sounds great, <laughs> great to me. We'll do it. And then. <sighs> uh- so.
0: That's that, my best case. Story. That's actually really creative, and I appreciate your your forethought on that. Um, all right, Andrew, what, something you want to see happen that would get you really excited?
1: How am I supposed to follow that? that such tough. A creative, that's tough. That's tough. A creative three-team deal. I, Jeremy, I swear to God, man. Uh, well, is it like a player you want them to
0: get? Um,
1: well, he's already on the team. I want to see Iggy. I've, I've said him way too many times throughout the time. That's this fine. That's fine. That it could become a drinking game, but I since before the season, like since summer league, our go-to guy for draft knowledge is Spencer. And he was singing his praises before the season. And and like, this is the guy like, yeah, RJ is going to be good, but they might've also nailed it. Like Schwinn being a a Michigan alum has been also talking about how good he can be. Like he saw every one of his games in college and said, he's probably going to need to, to really work on his game, which is why the G league is so beneficial. But I would like them to make room on this team so that way Iggy can play 15 games. I'm not asking for him to be a starter next year. I'm saying let him come up here and prove that he can play against NBA talent or get his first sniff at NBA talent. There is not a a name that has been mentioned that I've heard connected to the Knicks over the last few weeks that I'm interested in in long-term mate, like, the the fact that Dennis Schroeder is the only name I was even remotely interested in is because he's in an expiring contract next year, and that's the only way I'm thinking of him as an asset. I go back to the pod we had, John. There is young talent on this team that I want to see turn into something, but it's not going to happen if Morris is here, if Portis is here. And so, like, my best-case scenario is they make a path for Iggy to be on this on the big league team on the other side of the All-Star break. So
0: um I love it. Um you know what there are a lot of different directions I could go here. Um I, I would like you know what if they get past uh if they get past Thursday and Frank and Knox and Mitch and RJ and uh Dotson, don't forget about Dotson. Um Dotson uh are still all on the team. Um I would be happy. Um you know what would make me happiest, honestly. What's is that? if is if they traded for a first round pick, I don't even give a shit what team it's from. If they traded for a first round pick that conv- that was supposed to convey in like 2025 or 2026, that would make me so happy because it would let me know like, you know what? These guys are taking one for the team. And just once, just once in my life as a Nick fan, I want to feel like the people running the team are operating with my best interest at heart as opposed to their best interest at heart. And I feel like if they did a trade, like, you know, maybe it's Marcus Morris for, you know, to the heat for fuck. I don't know. Dion waiters and, and their you know, 2025 20, for, uh, unprotected pick like that. Fine. Like, great. Like that would show me something, but, um, Sadly, I don't think we're uh we're gonna Okay. Before we get out of here, um we're gonna this should put us right at one hour. Literally like ten seconds, not even. Um, give me one prediction for that you think you're pretty convinced is gonna happen before the deadline. Jeremy, go.
2: I do think Marcus Morris gets moved. Okay. I think there's gonna be enough pressure and the offers are gonna be too good because this is they're like four really good teams, and two of them are the Clippers and the Sixers, and I think both make really compelling offers because this is the year to strike. You can't wait. I think Marcus Morris is gone.
0: Um, I'll, I'll go next because I'm going to second that, except I'm going to adjust it slightly. I do not think both Julius Randle and Marcus Morris will be on the team um, after Thursday's trade deadline. Um, I don't feel quite as strongly as you that I think it's going to be Morris. I think it's probably like 65% Morris. Uh, it's going to be dealt 35% Randle, but I would be not shocked, but I'd I'd be surprised if they were both here after the deadline. Um, Claudio?
1: I You guys took all my time, so I'll just say that no matter what happens, we will all be sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, and that is a great way to end it. Um, Andrew, Jeremy, this has been um, awesome. Uh, I do want to give you, most importantly, I do want to give you guys some time to uh, plug something good. Uh, Andrew, uh, take it away.
1: Well, yes, I I'll plug my show in a second, but if I can also speak on behalf of Jeremy here, we were going to have something to plug, but Jeremy, what happened?
2: Uh, it was already taken uh, like yesterday or today.
1: So if you made it this far on the podcast, you can tolerate a 30 second. No, podcast, go for okay? it. OK, so Friday night, Jeremy, you texted me that you were working on an article for Nick's Film School about comparing the Knicks to the Oscar contenders this year, but there were movies that you hadn't seen yet and wanted my help because I've seen all of them way too many times. And so I was like, dude, of course, I'd love to collab with you. Oh man. Sent me everything over Saturday night. I get a new episode of Knicks Film School to oh, edit Sunday goodness. during Super Bowl Sunday. It's like, oh, John did an episode, awesome. He did it with his buddies. I love these How episodes. How was I you supposed just with to friend? know? Turns out John did that episode. Uh, so if you want to hear the version of the article we were gonna work on, come listen on. to the previous episode of. Nashville. Write the article.
0: No, the article. It'll be different <laughs> than what I. Listen, we're we're three idiots. We and I'm sure we left a lot of meat on the bone. Dude. Les Miserables being Frank
1: de la Kina was one of the first things I thought of.
0: Really?
1: Okay. Yes, the the French movie of a guy that's miserable. Yeah, I think Frank de la kind of falls under that category. Which I didn't know
0: existed. I thought
2: 1917 would have been like that. It's like two men, Perry and Mills, are forced to navigate themselves through Ah. war. And then they run around like, Perry, I don't want to spoil things, so I'm not going to be that guy. The bottom line is, that mill sees this beautiful French person and it's totally Frank, um, like just absolutely Frank trying to save them. Uh, and also uncut gems is absolutely Dolan, uh, about trading Porzingis into cap space. He's like, I think it's going to pay off. And I feel like Dolan probably would say something like, holy shit, I'm going to come. And like, it would just, (laughs) it would, it would just work or Like, you know, this is how I win. And, uh, KJ don't, don't, don't touch the, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, we, we we're we going to work on it. It's doesn't matter. I'm over it. Whatever. Needless to say, I feel bad
0: now. Uh,
1: Marcus I Morris, Marcus Morris is not Little Women and probably more bombshell than anything else. <laughs> was, um, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Wow. This, this got awkward. It um, did. But I also do have a new podcast called Final Score. Brand new episode comes out Wednesday. Uh, With an old friend of mine from Gotham, which I will just let you guys tune in Wednesday to listen. Uh, We will be going through our Oscar predictions. Everything's pretty much locked up at this point. But uh, we get to talk about some of the movies we saw in 2019 as well. So that's kind of how we approached it. We also recorded it Saturday, which was before wga came out the the writers guild denounced their awards which i'm really regretting because there was a bet we could have taken that we didn't but listen to the episode and you'll hear what i'm talking about so uh so yeah that's a brand new episode wednesday guys i love when i get to listen to this show it was an honor to also be part of it as well
0: oh stop it um no it's seriously it's an honor to have you on it's always it's always good to to shoot the shit jeremy um uh, Andrew plugged something for you that is not an actual plug because it may not happen, but, uh, anything you want to say before we we get the hell out of here?
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, one more movie I just wanted to talk about was Parasite. Um, basically the idea of Mills just kind of infiltrating his way through the organization.
0: Oh, we're really, and then there's this really
2: great, there's this really great quote, which is, uh, in the movie, you can't go wrong with no plans. We don't need to make a plan for anything. It doesn't matter what will oh happen next. Oh
1: my god. Even if
2: the country gets destroyed or sold out, nobody cares. And if that's not the most Steve Mills thing imaginable, I don't know what is. Um, but yeah, so that brings me to what I'll plug and I'm going to write about something Thursday night. I'm really hoping it's a happy thing to write about, but it's well, not going it, to be. It'll probably be cathartic and I'll probably enjoy a sad drink as opposed to a happy drink and we'll just see what 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 happens you know i'll just let the article take its take its way
0: like a like a bird in the wind um <laughs> i'm trying to, i'm trying to think of who's living in the basement there um i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to dwell on that one a bit all right Iggy. iggy's <laughs> 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 he's, smashing him it. Out yet. he's smashing his head against the damn buzzer let him up. Um, okay. <laughs> uh why is the light turning on and off? I don't know. Um
1: spoiler alert for parasite. Sorry. Yeah. now you're fine. It's fine. People go see, go see Parasite. Go see okay. Parasite. If you
0: haven't seen Parasite, what are you doing? All right. Um, thank you for listening to another episode of the next film school podcast. We will be back with um I think I'm doing a mailbag with Chris uh Percy and KFS intern. Um maybe tomorrow I should probably send out a tweet or something asking for questions. Um yeah, let's end with that. If you um want to ask me a question for uh, a mailbag episode, which is coming up, I think tomorrow um, email um, KFS mailbag uh, at gmail.com. One, one more time. It's KFS mailbag at uh, gmail.com. Uh, I will answer your questions and we'll have some fun and uh, hopefully the next will not make any stupid trades. Okay. Everybody have a good rest of your week. Bye.